Okay, peace, more Islam. We were just Islam, Islam. We were just having a discussion, and uh, we're just gonna go ahead and share this with the people. Just want to give honors first and foremost. Want to give much praise to the Most High, the Father of the Universe, Allah. We also want to give honors and um, respect due to the Prophet Noble Ali. Uh, this is our divine prophet, and we want to give honors for bringing our divine creed and nationality. And teach us how to love instead of hate, and for bringing all these Moors all over the world to nationality. Yes, so we wouldn't even Americans. know this if it wasn't for Prophet Noble Drali, and we want to give honors to the forerunner Marcus Mosiah Garvey for preparing the way for the prophet, and then of course honors to all the faithful Moors all over the world, to all the Moors out there putting in work. And um, what we were discussing was um, an instance where uh, in history, in the prophet's time, um, actually, I, I think in the early 1900s, when he started up the first Canaanite temple. So this is like in the 1913s, 15s, in that area, in that era. OK, there was a Sudanese missionary who came to the United States. Right. And he came to help to propagate Islam. And he clashed with the prophet. Actually, at the time, he wound up going back, um, back east, back, back to um, Africa. And he went to the Islamic societies over there and he petitioned to have um, a fatwa where like he, he wanted them to basically put um, Noble Drew Ali's prophethood, you know, to the test, like on trial, you know, like legit, like serious, like he's. You know, he's saying this guy's blasphemous, you know, he's claiming to be a prophet and we need to, you know, bring him in the order. And um, before he did that, you know, he had approached Noble, the prophet Noble Drew Ali here in the Americas and tried to get him to stop. Well, at least that's that's all that we know, you know, um, but we know that he had approached them and that they had a correspondence. OK, and so um just wanted to talk about this because of course this is something that anyone who you know is an outsider would use to attack the movement and even some people who are Moors or consider themselves Moors Moorish Americans would bring up in particular there's there's um there's some people like who are in the Facebook group if you're online join the group um facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Moors in America or you can just go to at Moors in America and, and we have a like a like page on there like that page and the group is on there too because it's connected to the groups you can just go to that groups tab and you can um, join the group from there right and so there's yeah there's a brother that's always like showing um, contradictory things basically showing how the Arabic world did not approve of Prophet Noble Ali. and a lot of times that brother would show that like hey from his perspective Prophet you know, wouldn't even have been able to go to Mecca. They would have, you know, wanted to basically kill him or shut him down, you know, stop him, stop the movement. And um, he said that. He said that, uh, you know, a lot of people like um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wouldn't have been able to go there, which from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's perspective was a lie because he had a picture actually of him and um, I believe his brother or one of his sons in Mecca making a Hajj. You know, and they both have the headdress, and I believe they're on camels. And I'll put that up on the screen so y'all can see that. So that, you know, he had actually been over there. And he I forgot where he went to Syria or something like that as well. But he went to Mecca and Medina and talked about it. And it was in the um, old Muhammad Speaks newspaper. 
okay so you know that kind of just shut that claim down but back to the prophet and the real reason why we're speaking on this there was a, um, a piece written about this Sudanese missionary uh, to the United States Sati Majid Sheikh al-Islam in North America and his encounter with Noble Drali prophet of the Moorish Science Temple movement and this was uh, written by Ahmed Abu Shuk uh, and R.S. Ofehe <laughs> okay and um, this is for saying for Dr. Muhammad Ibrahim Abu Salim this is the brother who came over here from Sudan to commemorate his retirement as Secretary General of National Records Office Khartoum Khartoum is in Sudan people okay so um, and it's just going on in the introduction saying like in the late 20s so it's a little later than I say but I, I think they they encountered each other on the East Coast like in New Jersey when the prophet started the um, Canaanite temple I could be mistaken about that but it's saying in the late 20s there was an encounter direct or indirect we do not know for certain between two figures from two very different traditions of Islam the present article particularly partially documents this encounter presenting a tantalizing glimpse of African-American Islams and they're saying African-American we know that's a misnomer so don't come in me I'm I'm reading using the words from these authors okay so they you know probably don't really respect the movement but it's saying African Islam American Islam's earliest encounter with global so Sunni to the people as slaves yeah <laughs> so global like they're not supposed to be on this because they're supposed to be slaves and it's saying this is just a glimpse of African American Islam's earliest encounter with global Sunni Islam and one of the things they refer to this as is American indigenous Islam because the movement you know Islamism as the prophet brought forth even though we know this is this is actually ancient this is closer to the ancient form of what Islam actually is you know and Islamism to to be at peace you know at one with everything so this is getting you closer to it but um, this is saying hey this is what happened when a representative of Sunni Islam, Orthodox Islam, came over here. And, you know, when you actually read about the encounter, clashed with what the Prophet Noble Drali brought, right? And it's saying, this is on one side, the Sudanese Alim, the very model of Nile Valley Islam Orthodoxy. On the other is an African American, a generation only removed from slavery. So they're trying to call Noble Ali an African-American. Yeah, but like, I'm just keep going because it also says an actor in the great northward migration that was transformed to African-American worldview as it was later transformed to transform world music. Okay, so they're like just, you know, basically painting the picture for you and saying, hey, these people were only one generation removed from slavery, if that. Okay, and then, you know, this is their version of Islam clashing with the ancient you know, and they're, they're saying that that's ancient, but we know there have been many changes and even to the way that um, Sunni Islam was practiced at that time, especially in the 1900s. OK, so. Um, the Sudanese uh, Sati Majid Muhammad Al-Qaeda from Dongola and the African the Moorish American, I'm going to go ahead and say that was they say Timothy Drew, later known as the prophet Noble Drew Ali from North Carolina. Okay, and then um, what happens is, okay, it really just goes in explaining how he basically um, had gotten a copy of the Holy Seven Circle Quran, 
and was like, you know, he was incensed. And he tried to hold court, you know, with the prophet as far as like speaking to him or debating with him about it. And um, he wanted the prophet to prove, you know, his prophethood. And um, he also tried to take the prophet to court, you know, within the United States system and was unsuccessful. And eventually he wound up like losing his uh, green card or whatever, not losing it like physically, but losing the ability to stay here in the United States. So he had to go back east and he, you know, went back, you know, into the Islamic society there and, you know, tried to bring up the um, charges against Noble Drew Ali. All right. OK, so people will use this and try to say that this is, you know, you know, this will be an attack. This would be something to try to invalidate the prophet. And the problem with that, OK, is that people people are leaving out a lot or they don't know. Okay, what they're really saying. Because what this brother was doing, um, let me get his name again. Alright, what yeah, what the brother uh Ibrahim, just say Ibrahim Salim, what what Ibrahim was doing, okay, was setting up Islamic societies. Sati Majid Muhammad, sorry. So what Sati Majid was doing was setting up Islamic societies in the United States Islamic corporations okay this wasn't just some unorganized like oh we're just gonna come over here to, to help wake up the people we, we care about them we want them to get the light we want them to get closer to Allah we're just gonna go all over the world just for free just just telling the people the good news about Allah and encouraging people to learn Arabic and things like this no it was not like that yes exactly so he, for this yeah, so this is not just some just just some um, labor of love that we just go on our own dime and we just gonna go all over the world. We come all the way to America because they have to know this wasn't just some labor of love. And I'm not saying that the brother wasn't passionate and that he wasn't you know serious about what he's doing. I'm not saying that or suggesting that in any way. I'm being real and realistic. They're setting up societies like like uh, the sister was just saying. They're setting up. Um, missions okay real legit you know um um missions that have actually been incorporated you know set up structurally properly with the local government which would have been the united states in, in this case okay and it's it's to set up a system so that um the people who are coming to islam can now go through this islam which is connected to their uh corresponding organizations in Sudan, in in Chad, in in um in Egypt, in in Mecca, in all these different places, right? So it's not being done for no reason. <laughs> There's a hierarchy and a structure that's actually set up so that we can get paid. And I'm not saying that it's not to also spread Islam and to help enlighten people. No, I'm being real and you have to be real. When you set up something and you go through and you do the structure and organization the way the proper way that is set up through the different you know jurisdictions and you have it set up like that you're not just doing this for no reason okay so there's a reason why you're going to prophet noble drew ali and he's got this indigenous form of islam okay and you're saying well hey this is ours and we need you to come through us and he's saying well no i don't need to that's where the real problem comes in because it's like, well, hold up. He's setting up his own temples. He's got his own structure set up. 
He's got his own way of propagating Islam. He's got his own, you know, the charters that he's given out and they're, they're coming through him. And that's where the real problem was. You seen the movement is growing and there's over a hundred thousand people, you know, and they have, so they have thousands of members all over the country and it's spreading like wildfire and they're going through him. And so there's no funnel that leads back to whatever Islamic society, you know, you have in, you know, Mecca or wherever, you know, the, the brother's headquarters was. OK, because trust me, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to this. I'm, I'm scamming, scheming. <laughs> I'm scanning back through this document to um, get the names of like, you know, some of the organizations that the brother set up. But I'm saying this to say that I actually read this and no, the brother wasn't just coming over here unorganized. Just hey, I'm going to come over here and tell people about Islam. No, that would be foolish. He's setting up an organization. Is he the head of the organization? No, he's an officer in it. And he even has people to answer to that were, uh, you know, over him in the hierarchy. So he's setting up an organization that links back to Egypt, that links back to Mecca and these other places. And so um, what eventually happened was that, you know, the brother, like I said, he um, he couldn't stay in the United States anymore. I'm not sure why. And um when he was back in Egypt and Sudan, he was still receiving in many ways welfare or receiving payments, you know, from the Americans who had converted to Islam and who had joined through his organization. So he was still receiving, you know, payments and, and subsidy, you know, he was basically, you know, that's how he was able to carry out. I think he had a publication like a, a newspaper or something like that. So that's one of the ways the brother was still able to carry on, you know, what he was doing when he um, had to go back, when he had to leave the country. All right. And so the, the reason I'm sharing this, of course, is because like that was where the real issue and problem came in. Our prophet came to us to connect us back. You know, we don't convert to Islam. We're going, you know, we're we're um, correcting ourselves. We're coming back to honor our forefathers and our foremothers. All right. And he set up an organization where we don't have to go through the Vatican or anyone else, you know, to um, to propagate the faith, to share the message, to get it across, to set up other missionaries. You know, to spread this is going through the original temple, the more science temple of America. And that's where the real problem came in. OK. And that that's the real issue. And so people, you know, they would take this and run with this and don't even have all of the um, all of the um, information. They don't even understand what was really going on at the time. You know, that's that's a shame. You know, you can't just take stuff and run with it. All right. And once again, I'm not knocking the brother, you know, Sati Majid, you know, for what he did or saying that he's not authentic because, you know, what he came to do is what, you know, his mission was. He He's not from here. He's coming and he's bringing the form of Islam as he was raised, as he believes, you know, probably, you know, wholeheartedly. This is what's true. But one thing is that what he brought did not correct the position that that our brothers and sisters and that we found ourselves in it did nothing about our nationality it did nothing about the fact that we had our nationality stripped from us that we're in a, a position where the words black and african-american negro are incendiary 
you look at legally what these things imply for you and it's appalling it is beyond appalling you know it's ridiculous and it's dangerous to remain in this position you're in a permanent slave class you're at the bottom of the caste system and so that wasn't his mission you know he couldn't get you out of that he couldn't even advise you on how to get out of that because it's no knockdown he may even not have a good understanding of it because you would have to be from here to truly understand you know okay and so there's no knock to anyone else that's not a knock on him or anyone you know this it's just the islam is practiced in in um in mecca it's practiced in the east for the most part this is not you know for this is not going to be for your earthly liberation okay it's not going to help you with your present situation it's not going to do anything about the police gunning you know our people down in the streets the lynchings that were occurring out in the open at the time when the prophet was here it would do nothing for that there's nothing that it could do for that and that's just the truth okay it's no knock it's just the truth and it didn't do anything about pointing out the fact that legally they have you in a slave position and they're keeping you there and you are willingly going along with it now it didn't point that out it didn't do that to you okay so you can't attack the prophet because he came for your spiritual and earthly salvation it's both in there it's entwined in there because he is legit he came to us how can you be a prophet for us when in the Quran it says that the prophet will come to you speaking the language of the people we didn't speak Arabic and it would be difficult to learn it and especially to to gain fluency in that language because you don't speak it over here and it, you rarely hear it spoken here you know and that's the truth to actually get fluent you have to be able to speak it and immerse yourself into the culture and be into it on a daily basis would be very difficult to do here okay so that's not our language right now at this point in time doesn't mean that you didn't have ancestors maybe who spoke it at one point in time but as now no so we truly have a prophet who came to us in the language that we could understand and who came for our earthly and divine salvation no one can attack the actual message in the Holy Quran, the Seven Circle Quran, about your connection to the Almighty. You're connected to everything, and it tells you this, and it shows you this, and shows you how to connect and how to do this consciously. Okay? Explains everything. And then also goes in about the actual, real, physical thing that you're dealing with right now on this level, in this dimension. Okay? can't attack it so it's 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 kind of beyond me why people would go in about this like if if that was true like 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 i said the brother said that the um uh honorable elijah muhammad couldn't go to mecca and he's got the pictures there and he wrote about it in his newspaper so that kind of shuts that down so it, it but that that just shows you it, it would have meant nothing to me if there was any validity to that which there isn't that the prophet couldn't have gone to mecca you know, because it's like, okay, and they're doing nothing for us. Oh, well. But it's not true. It's not true. Okay? And so, like, the, the brother, though, Sati Majid, he came over here. He did some work, you know. He he uh, he, he took a newspaper to court 
try to um, force them to publish his articles or pay you know it says two hundred thousand dollars in damages for um, because I believe they had something incendiary about Islam and he you know he stood up for that right and that's cool that's cool he's doing what he was supposed to do okay but as far as you know actually coming to us and um, you know something for our liberation like something like that, that he did nothing and you got to think like um, the entire time like organizations such as the Nation of Islam were always being recruited you know to come to Mecca to come you know uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad they're always telling them, hey send your people here send your best to us to be educated you know and like if he actually did anything like that it would have been the reason why people like his his son you know actually wound up setting up an official American Muslim organization and he tried to convert the actual nation of Islam into that you know, and when he's setting up an American Muslim organization, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's something like that, you know. And so when he sets this up, you have to look, go look at the structure and see how it's set up, because more than likely it links back to, you know, Mecca. It links back to Egypt or some some Islamic society over there is getting paid. OK, from this, because then he's getting Americans to, you know, convert to Islam and they're paying. It's all it's I'm not saying that it's just all about money, but it, look, we're just being real. It's a business. OK, so he you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's son, I believe, Warthine Muhammad, he sets up the American Muslim Association, whatever it was called. And, um, you know, it's got to be linked to an Islamic society over there, an actual business organization. And so there's a hierarchy and there's a way for them to get paid and like, OK, we have no problem with you now. You're official. You have our. You you have our seal of authority, you know. You you're legit. Anyone else, they're not legit. Why? Because you're not connected to us, dude. That's why. Because we're not getting paid. That's what it's about. You know, they had no problem with with Warthi Muhammad because he set up an organization that's connected to us over here in the East, and we're getting paid from it. So he's cool. He's legit. You know, and that's basically what it is. Now, what's not documented in this um, thing that I was reading, okay, from the uh, from Sati Maji Muhammad, it's it's not saying that he approached the prophet and asked him to you know come through his his society, you know. It says uh, the English version of the Jam Iya Kariya seems, in fact, to have been the American African Muslim Welfare Society, okay. So he set up the Welfare Society, the African Muslim Welfare Society in Pittsburgh in 1928. And I think he set up several other ones, too, throughout the, the country. All right. So if um, the, the problem would have come that, OK, the prophet is not going through his society to get his, you know, his charter or whatever to, to propagate Islam. That's where the problem really came in. OK. You know, this document focuses on like he, he was so concerned with the Quran that he brought like he's got his own Quran and he's claiming to be a prophet. And that, I'm sure that has something to do with it, too. But now the real problem is that he didn't go through him. He's got his own charters. You know, he's get, he's got his own temples. He's not, you know, connected to us in any way. He's completely cutting us out. That's where the real problem came in. OK, nobody else is talking about that. 
Okay, but if you go through, you look at the history, you try to put it in the proper context, then you can see that. And that's what I'm doing. So if you want to do that yourself, that's why I gave the title to this at the beginning. So you can go through and read this. Then you can go through and look at other documents from that time period to make the connection for yourself. Okay, but that's where the real issue would have came from. You know, just like it says in here, he established the first Moore Science Temple in Newark in 1913. Others were later found in Pittsburgh and Detroit. Well, hey, he had the African uh, Muslim Welfare Society in Pittsburgh. And, and you, you think he wouldn't have known or been upset to find that there's a Moore Science Temple right there in the same city and they're not connected to him at all. And they're teaching Islam and he's not getting any cut. Okay, that's where the real issue came from. And that's plain and simple. So no one can really attack that if you put this in the proper context. All right. You know, and then on top of that, you know, other organizations wound up coming out of the the uh, more science temple like the Nation of Islam, you know, with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And there's another one is cutting them out completely. You know, they get no cut. And then it's growing. You know, it grows and becomes a huge, powerful organization that had the the face Muhammad Ali, you know, the great, the greatest of all time, right, is, is a member. And, and he's through the Nation of Islam. That was a problem. But you see, the Islamic world embraced Muhammad Ali. They embraced him, right? Because he couldn't hate. Because he was too big and too popular, too powerful. Because he was great. He was great. So hey, we're going to overlook all that. We love you. OK, but they had a problem with the fact that they weren't getting a cut. That's it. That's all it is. And bragging rights. OK, and it says Sati says that he wrote to Noble Drew Ali and advised him to change his name and burn his book. And he probably got laughed at like, OK, this is not happening. He, he wanted Ali to prove his prophethood by performing miracles. That is those miracles that only a prophet can perform. He then says that he approached the government personally. So then he tried to go, he tried to go sick the colonizers on him, right? He, he's, he's a foreigner and he's going to come over here and try to sick the colonizers on him. The police. Yeah. <laughs> try to get the police on him, you know? And then, like I said, it's no disrespect to him. It's just putting it in the proper context. So he's trying to get the, the government on him. Since this man was bringing the Islamic faith into disrespute, and this document is like obviously like biased towards you know what Sati um, Machi was bringing and what he was doing, but that's okay because even from reading this, you just with the brain, you know, with insight and 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 on with you know hopefully with some type of historical um, background. If you hopefully you've read you know history and you've researched so you have an idea of what was actually going on in the world and especially in the United States at this point in time that you can place this in a proper context okay so it's like yeah um, it, it says the US government Department of Justice we are told referred Sati to the men of knowledge and religion as the suitable people to deal with such matters Sati somewhat lamely concludes his accounts by saying that he continued to raise the issue of Ali's claim in the newspapers and, and it's just going on. He, he tried and he failed to, you know, take Noble Drew Ali down in here to try to end him for what he was doing. Okay. And um, he claimed that in writing the Quran and in claiming prophetic status, 
however, de however defined, Prophet Noble Drali was outraging the Orthodox Muslim sensibilities of Sati Majid. He was upset about this. It is unreasonable to expect the latter to have been sensitized to the African-American need to create alternative worldviews and their receptivity to such currents as Freemasonry, Garveyism, and similar. So he, he's is saying that even this uh, document is saying that it, you know, it, it's not even reasonable to expect him to understand the plight that we were going through and why we would need a prophet like this that he would see as blasphemous. You know, he doesn't even understand. It's like, dude, you're coming from a completely different area. You know, you have your own issues over there that you need to take care of. Actually, you know, it's not like you guys are living all high and mighty and wonderful in Sudan and Egypt. Okay, but you got your own issues and you're coming over here. Don't even understand what we're going through and trying to end what we're doing. And it didn't work. Didn't even try to understand. So it he says, just here to cause confusion. basically, and it says Sati reacts in the appropriate Sunni Muslim way. He seeks a fatwa, that's what I was talking about earlier, from his would-be alma mater, Al-Azhar in Cairo. So, you know, this is where he went to school, Al-Azhar in Cairo in Egypt. And he's condemning Ali. He wants them to, you know, to um, hold a fatwa, you know, to condemn him for saying that he's a prophet and writing his own Quran. He travels to Cairo, presents a formal istitwa, uh, request for a fatwa or judicial opinion, which he duly receives. And look, I'm all for being multilingual, you know. Gente fala português, um pouco espanhol, e japonês também. I mean, I, you know, we speak other languages too, and that's cool, all right? But I'm just be honest, like I'm not living in Brazil anymore, so I'm not really fluent in Portuguese, even though I can speak it and understand it. And, you know, probably to the average person, I'm fluent because I can handle myself. But not you're not going to be fluent in Arabic because it's very difficult to become fluent in Arabic unless your parents speak Arabic because maybe they're from, you know, Africa, the Middle East, or you know, and you're growing up with that in your house. All right. Even you're then. one of these so-called African-Americans. You're Moorish American. That's not your reality. You know, now some cases it may be. That's not your reality. You're not going to get fluent in it. It's just more work. Now, I'm not saying don't do it. That's cool. That's wonderful. But these are things that make it even more difficult. The brother came to us in our own language. He is the prophet. This is even in the Quran. It says that the prophets will come to the people speaking their own language. How can you not that? It's in the Quran. The interest in the is I can't even pronounce this. Istifta lies in Sati's summation of what he thought was Ali's doctrinal position. Although it is for specialists in African American Islam, they keep saying African American, to evaluate this further, our impression based on Wilson Lincoln and others is that Sati does not too grievously misrepresent and they keep saying Noble Drali, it's the prophet Noble Drali. The latter did write a book entitled The Holy Quran. He did in some way regard himself as a Sharif. He did proclaim a new revelation out of Morocco, the land of the Moors, and he did claim to have traveled and been with the Alama of various Muslim countries. In other words, on the basis of what we know about Ali's doctrinal position, the charges from Sati's perspective were not false. So, um, you know, like, I just wanted to share this because, you know, I'm not knocking with Sati machi did he did what he was supposed to do but even this book this kind of this document this bias towards him is letting you know that hey he 
couldn't even have truly understood what we were going through. It's unreasonable in their own words to expect him to understand the plight of the African. They call you African American in here. But it's unreasonable for to expect him to understand the plight of the Moorish Americans. You know, it's just unreasonable. He couldn't. He didn't really care. And the Islam that he's bringing is not really truly for your salvation. Okay? He's setting up because America is the melting pot. Everybody wants to get a, a hand in here. Okay? You're coming from China. You're getting a hand in here. You have all these people who are selling goods to Americans. People are coming from, um, like, okay, well, China, they, they make goods for everyone now, right? But, you know, especially for America, you ship them over here to make money, okay? And and what do you do? Like, you know, Koreans, Vietnamese or whatever, you're coming over here, you, you're doing something, you're doing nails, you're doing, um, you're selling black hair care products, right? You're getting your you foot in here, something understand. you can do to get a piece of this pie, all right? And from a religious perspective, it's business, man. It's business. Don't be foolish out here. We're adults, so we have to be realistic. It's business. You're getting your foot in, too. So Sati Machid is coming over here to set up the missions that are connected to whatever organizations in the Middle East. And they're mentioned in this document. I'm just not looking at it at this point in time. Right. So there's co they're connected. And, and it's, it even says in here how, like, OK, when he had to go leave the country you know he was still saying like right here okay he was he never returned to america since he never returned to america there's no reason to suppose that the fatwas were ever seen there right nevertheless sati continued to correspond with his african-american followers and apparently produced a journal from cairo that was sent to his followers in america and then he it was in arabic so it's like how helpful is that this emerges from the various letters from his American followers that are reproduced in the present article under the, and it's got an example of it. But anyway, so it is, the implication is that some of his followers mastered Arabic, but wanted the material translated into English. So he's sending them his newspapers in Arabic and, and they, they're like, please put this in English. <laughs> in the same letters, there's reference to local conflicts between Sati's followers and Amori Jains. The latter's yet to be identified. Wow. So he's, you know, he's setting this up for the Islamic society that he was representing back in Cairo or wherever. And so there's a money, you know, trail. They, they, you know, the people are sending money and it's going there. And that's what the real issue was about, okay? That's it. Plain and simple. There are two final things. First, Sati's attempts to have himself recognized and appointed as Al-Azhar's official missionary. So Al-Azhar is one of the names, and this I, he wanted to be their official missionary, Odaya, to North America, an attempt that failed, as the following letter from Mustafa al-Maragi decisively shows, and he's got it written in Arabic. We declare that he does not have the scholarly qualifications to be appointed to a religious mission such as Al-Azhar and is accustomed to send abroad. All that happened is that he informed us that he had appointed himself to defend Islam in North America and had had contact with Islamic so associations. So even within his own organization, he failed in trying to become the, um, the head of the missionary. All right. And this is, once again, it's not attacking him. It's just putting it in the proper perspective. All right. Yeah, because and then, people like to use that information to, you know, 
counter attack, you know, the information that we bring as far as what Noble Drew Ali said and did. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy. Right. It's like it's foolish. Like, why why are people doing this? It doesn't one, make any sense because Noble Drew Ali taught us to love and not to hate. He brought us our national divine creed, and with that, more Moorish Americans have higher standards, have applied principles that we stand on, and you know all the negativity and hatred and you know confusion is not allowed. Exactly, and I still just. It's beyond me, even, and I'm not really going to focus on that, but it's beyond me why someone would try to, you know, prop up the orthodox version of Islam, you know, as we're told, over what we have. It, it makes no sense that when this does nothing for you. This does nothing for you. It completely ignores your specific plight. All right? You, no matter what, you have to correct the status that you're in. You have to do something about this caste system that you're at the bottom of nothing foreign will do anything for that and it can't they ignore it not out of hatred not because they don't care about you or like you because they can't it's not their problem it's not an issue and it definitely wasn't an issue you know when the prophet muhammad peace be upon him was alive okay it wasn't an issue, right? Europeans hadn't colonized the Americas. It wasn't an issue, okay? So what we have now, the predicament that we're in, is something that has to be um, corrected. And the Prophet Noble Drali came to do that, and he spoke the language, okay, of the people, of the people as it says in the Quran. And so there's really no attack on this. There's no way you can come at that. It makes no sense. And um, I was just sharing this not to discredit the brother uh, uh, Sati Majid, just putting it in the proper context, okay? He was, you know, attempting to set up the mission that's connected to the organization that he was in. And he was receiving payments from this, and that organization was receiving payments. And that's where the real issues would come in from the Moore Science Temple and giving out their own charters, you know, their own organization. This, you know, you, you're cutting out the middleman. We, we don't even need you, you know, you, you're, you know, we like, seriously, that's like you coming, setting up your own thing. And then someone who's somewhat connected to it, like, well, hey, my, you're using one of our names. So we need to get paid. You're using the word Islam. Islam is ours. And then you're saying, no, you don't own that. How can you own that? Allah, this is this. No, you're not Allah. You can't own Islam. You know, we're practicing it as we see fit for our salvation and um what you have won't save us salvation. That's what is yes and so this is what we're doing you can't tell us what to do and you can't attack us and they still want to get paid and so that's what that is all right plain and simple and it says there's there's a story or tradition that sati was prevented from returning to the states because he seems to have been perceived by the fbi as a potential ally of japan Seems possible to deduce from letters sent to him that he's seen by his American followers in an increasingly garbious mode, as references to Ethiopia and Japan make clear. So, he was attempting two things. One, to attain official Azar Al-Azhar recognition, which he didn't. The other, to find financing for a renewed mission to America, as his letter to a relative shows, and he failed to do that. 
He failed to gain Alizar's approval and being seemingly prevented from returning to America, he failed, you know, being able to come back. He died in the Sudan in um, 1963. He returned there in the 40s and died there in 63. So he wasn't able to come back. But also it says in here, like, while he was there, he was still receiving finances from that organization that he had set up. Okay. And so that's like clear. People need to understand that, you know, and then all these, you know, any future attacks, they're, they're futile. That needs to be understood. The real purpose of trying to bring, you know, the fatwa against the prophet Noble Drali is because he's setting up his own organization, brother. And it was competition and at the time. Exactly. Everyone wants to get their hand in there, get a piece of the pie. It doesn't mention that in this book. Okay, this thing that I'm reading. All right. And, and he wrote. He wrote to. Uh, let's see. Who was this that he wrote to? It's got a letter here. It's in Arabic. It's translated. You're giving the official Alazar translation where he asked for a fatwa. Okay? And it says To the excellencies, the Lama of the pure Islamic faith in Egypt, in the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful, what say you? May your virtue endure about a man currently living called Noble Drew, Nubil Drew Ali. The meaning of his name being the prophet who is linked to the house of prophecy, Ali. Okay, so guess what? Prophet Drew Ali's name means something. He wasn't just making this stuff up. Alleging that he is the prophet promised at the end of time who was announced by Jesus, upon whom be peace, and who composed the book and called it the Holy Quran. The Holy Quran. The Holy Quran. The Holy Quran. The meaning of Holy Quran is the Holy Quran, which was revealed at Mecca to our Lord Muhammad, upon whom be blessings and peace. However, there is not to be found in this book of his any surah of the noble or any hadith of our prophet Muhammad, upon whom be peace and blessings. Nevertheless, he speaks about the messenger of God and seal of the prophets and about with harsh words for which God sent down no authority. This book contains the following. And, um... He says, first, he is a prophet whose coming was promised and who was announced by Jesus upon whom we peace. Secondly, is that he is whom Jesus mentioned, John mentioned in his vision in the sixth chapter. And it, so he's going in and he says, thirdly, that the Islam that was brought before him was not true Islam. And he claimed that he had garnered his knowledge in the city of Fez and that he had met with leaders of the Islamic religion there and in Egypt, the Hijaz and Iraq, and that all the scholars had testified that he is the prophet promised at the end of time. He began to preach this to the world. Then he said the secret of his prophecy was Jesus, peace be upon him. His adoption of Islam was in former times and that they had hidden this from the world. The object of worship in Islam has no eye with which it sees and no intelligence with which it reasons, nor any ear with which it hears, nor does it have power. It is nothing but fantasy shot through hocus pocus. This is what he put abroad of his unbelief and hypocrisy in the book mentioned above, and this is but a small part of the large whole. We ask your grace to give us a fatwa about this, for we are sorely in need of it. May God keep you as a support of the pure religion and its believing sons, the servant of the Islamic community in North America, the poor one of him most high, Sati Majid Muhammad al-Qadi. And so, like, he, he sent fatwas, like, he sent these requests for fatwas to several different Islamic heads. And um, he did this after, like, what he tried to do in the United States failed when he tried to take him to court and try to get the government to shut him down. Didn't work. 
And so, like, I'm just sharing this to say, like, the real beef, the real problem is that he set up his own um, Islamic organization that was indigenous to the Americas and spoke specifically to the American, to, to what we were going through, which he couldn't understand. And um, it also cut them out of the picture. And that's where the big problem was. And so... Also, did he see, like, did he see... That's not, of course, not in this book. Everything he tried didn't succeed, you know? Of course not, because he tried, you know, until the end, you know? And that's what I'm saying, it's like, hello? So, it didn't work. I mean, like, yeah, it's spiritually, if it didn't work, guess what? It wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to shut him down. Because if he was, it would have worked. So he was just dwelling in his ego. And yeah, he wanted to be seen as the head of the missionary, and that didn't work. So he, he he's not even being remembered, really. You know, like the Prophet Nubudrul Ali, he's exalted, he's respected. And he's also respected, um, respected abroad. There's people who understand who he is and know about him. Okay? understand the necessity of what he brought to, you know, North Americans in North America. All right. So um, I just wanted to share that because, you know, we we do hear people attacking it sometimes. And, you know, this needs to be just placed in a proper perspective and understood. Um, and it's good to question. You're supposed to have questions. It's good to not accept anything that you're given as truth. That's what we're supposed to do, because no one Lisa study self and study self again and again and again. It's like you have to do your research. But do not come attacking something before you have done the research, because then that makes you look like a fool, incompetent, and no one will listen to you after that. Okay, and I'm I'm gonna um play this. This is uh Okay, that was beautiful, and that that's from Surah 14:4, and I just played that. Um, the Yusuf Ali translation says, "We sent not a messenger except to teach in the language of his own people, in order to make things clear to them. Now Allah leaves strain those whom He pleases and guides whom He pleases, and He is exalted and powerful of wisdom." Okay, we sent not a messenger except to teach in the language of His own people, in order to make things clear for them. Okay, the Sahih International Version says, and we did not send any messenger except speaking in the language of his people to state clear, clearly for them. Okay, so like it doesn't, you know, matter how that's translated, it's letting you know that, you know, amongst you will come your prophet. Basically, okay, all right, so that should just end it right there. Like, we're not speaking Arabic over here, you have to be. Um, able to be understood clearly and plainly even by people who are not well educated okay to, or, to understand Arabic I mean to be a typical one of these people misnomered African-American you have to be educated or, you know well traveled or something to be speaking Arabic fluently to the point where you just understand that clearly like I'm speaking right now and you understand this okay so he was the prophet 
And, uh, you know, people that are attacking it, some people are doing it because that's their job. They were put forth by some government entity to do this. And some people are just doing it because they don't understand. As much as well-read as some people think they are, they really just don't understand at the end of the day. Because it's like, look, the plight that we were in, this whole slavery status thing, the black acts, the black laws, the Negro laws are real. And they're heinous. And they're real. And you can look them up for yourself and see. These things were established in states all over Okay, the, the entire nation. This is real. And the prophet came to correct this, to get us out of this status and for our spiritual enlightenment. Okay? No one else came to do this. No one. That's it. So, yes, we give honors to the prophet. That's why we give honors, you know, every time because this is powerful and this shuts down anything. And I'm not trying to hear anyone trying to attack that. All right? It would be ridiculous to attack it. Okay? So um, that's it on that. Peace to everybody out there. Make sure you share this. Um, get this message out because I know there's people who are new to this information. And so when they hear the attacks, they don't really understand. You have to put it in the proper perspective. Trust me. I mean, even in this book that I read, it said, hey, you know, it would have been unreasonable to expect this Sati Majid Muhammad to really understand what these Moorish Americans were going through. Okay, and if we had necessary, we had needs, we have, you know, different things specific to us that the prophet addressed. And that's it. Point blank. Plain and simple. So anybody else trying to come with something else can kick rocks. You know, you can kick rocks all the way back to Arabia or wherever you came from, because if you're attacking it, there's no respect at all. But if you if you understand, we have a specific plight. Cool. It's all love. All right. And even in that, I say peace and love. No attack to anyone. It's just look, we know what we're doing and um, much respect. Peace.